and welcome to the Mad Mumbles podcast. My name is Sim. The today is a solo host for you guys. Um, please make sure to click on like and subscribe and all that good stuff on this uh, show, and make sure to comment in the section below. And maybe someone intelligent can help you out in answering your questions. But it's unlikely anything of that sort will happen. Our, our guest today is uh, a friend, um, a, someone who I hold uh, in high regards. He's, in my opinion, he's a polymath, but uh, you know that'll t- terribly embarrass him in many ways. Um, he's, a, he's an artist. He's a he's a guitarist, and, and excels in everything he does. Mashallah, just an, just an amazing human being, and, and one of the kindest souls on earth. Dr. Jerry Hyonis out of Wagner University. Yeah, he's an economist that is going to hopefully help us uh, out a little bit in understanding um, some of the craziness that's happening today. He was a, also a previous guest. For, I know a lot of our audience has grown since uh, our audio only days. Um, Jerry was on uh, two, three years ago um, when we were first starting out and he helped us uh, understand the whole Brexit situation. And mm-hmm. now that it seems like a a drop in the bucket with what's going on. Uh, at least <laughs> no one cares about Brexit anymore. <laughs> that problem went away real quick, didn't it? <laughs> um, so, Jerry, uh, like as an economist, you guys like you guys must be having a field day with this whole thing, right? Well, you know, what I tell my students is on, on the positive side is everything that we talk about in class is relevant and it's like, oh, this is happening here and this is really, but then on the on the negative side, the economy is collapsing, yeah. um, which is true of all. I mean, economics courses aren't that entertaining when the economy is doing well and is working. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, economists are, um, in general, they're kind of, you know, just just wringing their hands, trying to figure out what to do. Or well, we kind of know what to do. Um, we just have to wait for things to happen. And, and uh, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal, man. Well, yeah, it's not going well right now. Yeah. So like, you know, when you're looking at this thing as an economist, you look at different projections that this whole thing can play out. Like, Walk sure. us through that as an economist. Like, how do you look yeah. at? Do you do you like consult with epidemiologists and, and other people in your industry who can help sort things out for you so that you can make um, some kind of economic model for what uh, you? I mean, see in the future? I don't. I don't do forecasting models okay. personally. Uh, that's not my specialty. But those that do, um, and 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 those economists usually work for either firms like Moody's. Uh, they could work for JP Morgan and there's, there's certain institutions that they kind of focus on forecasting and, and it's very proprietary and they have their models and they, they kind of work it, you know, they don't really release what they do because they, they charge to see their numbers. Uh, but my assumption would be, especially in this case, they would, um, they would go and they would talk to people from the CDC or like say an epidemiologist or people that specialize in, in that, but even, even more simple. Um, the economy was having issues before all this happened. Right. Um, and I, and I know one of the things that, that, that people, excuse me, uh, that, that people get a little twisted about economists is we don't really put, and this is no pun intended, a lot of stock in the stock market. Yeah. Uh, it goes up, it goes down. Do we want the stock market to go up? Yeah. I mean, cause that's it's an indicator. Shows, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good indicator, but it goes up and down all the time. Right. Um, and so to say that, well, the stock market goes down, the economy is going down, the stock market is going up, everything's great, uh, isn't really how it works. So there has been a lot of discussion even before all this happened of when is the next recession happening? There's a lot of technical things that were going on that I, I won't bore everyone with. Um, but one of the big ones was we were seeing for, for three quarters of the year, so almost a full year, that investment by businesses, and that's real estate, that's, that's businesses producing stuff, uh, was actually had a negative growth rate. So businesses were already starting to kind of consolidate their resources and uh, contract their spending a bit because there was this expectation that the economy could slow. But the one thing that always keeps economies propped up, and especially for the United States, about 60 to 70 percent of our value, what we call GDP of the economy, is consumption. Yeah. It's just people buying stuff. And I, I know that always sounds crass and that sounds very trite, but it's true. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be that they're buying important things. Just literally people buying stuff is what props up the economy. And that's that's the faith that people in the world have right as exporters like oh, yeah. china and them they're, they're the largest exporters in the world who their their economy is or everyone's economy is looking to the the uh, ability of the american consumer and their buying power is that correct yeah yeah and, and not only does does china export a lot but yeah. they also import quite a bit as well um and and that's that's a, that's a bigger issue in, in the sense that, that China imports a lot of raw materials, puts in the labor, uh, and then exports it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny because that, and that's the United States. We, we export our raw materials and we import the manufactured goods, which is normally what developing nations do. Yeah. Um, but that's, but that's, a, that's a, a different study on and of itself. But so the first part that caused problems, of course, was China's economy stopped in the same way that ours did. And, and that was the initial hurt to the economy in that it wasn't just that we couldn't sell the goods that we normally do. That was a problem. But a lot of the supply chain for the things that we produce and we, 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 we produce and we buy here was coming from China, which all of a sudden stopped. Right. So let's say you're just for an example, incorrect, but specifically but generally let's say you're ford right and, and you're making a car let's say in the united states but you have parts that come from china well if those parts don't come from china because of of uh, trade restrictions now because uh you know they, they've locked down the country or we've blocked imports and exports well those cars can't be made and so all of a sudden we have a production issue in the united states where we can't get the stuff that we need to produce and sell these goods and services one of the possible solutions to that, people said, was, well, the way that the market works, uh, firms that were producing in China but no longer can because of the COVID-19 issue, well, won't they just move their production somewhere else, let's say Mexico or you know somewhere closer in, in similar kind of styles? And economists retorted, well, if that was the case, they probably would have done so when the Trump administration jacked up the tariffs. Right. Because yeah. that, you know, all of a sudden it costs more, but it's not that easy. Right. Anyone who's, you know, your listeners that, that deal with business, you, know, you can't just automatically switch things, especially as quickly as, as COVID-19 is starting to make things happen. 
Um, so that was the first hit to the economy. Uh, but again, like most things, I think the general populace didn't really feel that, right? It wasn't until we started not only seeing cases come to the United States, but of course the communal spread. And of course it spreads very fast. I'm not that kind of doctor, so I can't really speak to, you know, how this all works. But what I do know is that it spreads very fast, right? Um, and now what we've seen beyond those issues is consumption has essentially stopped, right? Outside of toilet paper, right? <laughs> uh, dry pasta yeah. and flour. Those are the three things that, can, you know, that are impossible to find. Um, and when you say consumption, we're not talking about the disease consumption. No, no, yeah, we're not talking about TV. <laughs> <laughs> You're going 1920s blues with, the, with that one. All right. Um, no, 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 no. We're talking, yeah, we're talking about people spending money because they can't. Yeah. Right. Um, so outside of grocery stores and even, even there, it's very hard for them to keep certain things stocked up. And we can talk about the rationality or irrationality of it. Uh, consumption has, has halted. Investment has halted because if people aren't buying, firms aren't going to produce, right? Right. Uh, and so really the only thing, we, and, and trade has pretty much been shut, right? right? Because no one's trading with anybody right now because every almost every country's on lockdown, basically. Yeah. The only thing that really can prop up the economy is government spending. Um, but again, the problem has been spending money during a recession isn't isn't necessarily an issue right we do it all the time but we've been spending you know the deficit for this year was a trillion dollars yeah. and the economy was booming which made no sense to economists you're not you know when the economy's booming the government shouldn't be spending trillions of dollars yeah so we already are racking up huge amounts of debt when the economy was doing well now the only thing that really can prop up the economy is government spending and and, and we've seen it Right. Yeah. You know, the two trillion dollar uh, uh, stimulus package. Well, Jerry, and, uh, from from Econ 101, you, you learned sure. that when you're just printing money and you're at a, you, you risk yep. inflation. And when you yep. have these type of um, um, situations where the American buying power is people are losing faith in, in that, you know, in that metric mm -hmm. or, you know, that. I don't. I don't know how you. Well, I guess you, you value it with the dollar, right? The the value of the dollar dollar is the indicator of how much people have faith in the American economy or the American relative the, to others. Yeah, relative to relative other economy. to other yeah. account. Yeah. And yeah. so when yeah. Yeah. when the government just decides to print two trillion dollars of uh, you know mm -hmm. of uh, in the stimulus package, how mm -hmm. you know how does that something's not adding up because. You have to have some kind yeah. of you're gonna you, well. I mean, at least from whatever I learned on Econ One Hundred and One, is that you're gonna yeah. you're you're risking inflation at a you know at a, in all likelihood. Well, I mean, this is I mean, you're not wrong, right? And this argument goes all the way back to the 1930s when when John Maynard Keynes, who who started what we now call Keynesianism, he didn't call it that. We call it after him. His, his ego was large. It wasn't that large. Um, and what we now call the neoclassical. So, the, so there is an argument within macroeconomics about this. And that is, okay, when there's a problem, the government can spend money 
And the government not only prints the money, because that's something a bit different, they have to borrow the money, right? There's $2 trillion. Eventually, the government's got to find the money, right? right? They, they can print it. That's true. But again, it's, it's kind of technical. It deals with government accounting. But when the government does that, they either get their money from taxes, you know, tax revenue, which when the economy's not doing well, isn't going to be very good. Yeah. Uh, or they borrow by selling treasury bills, treasury right. notes, treasury bonds. So they're going to borrow. It's the same way that we paid for the Iraq war. We paid it on a credit card, yeah. right? Uh, Bush didn't want to raise taxes, but he had a trillion dollar war. Uh, so they just kind of borrowed later on and your taxes go up later on. I mean, you're, these checks, which we can talk about the stimulus back package specifically later, but we are eventually going to have to pay for them, right? It's not free money, okay? Eventually, we are going to have to, in the future, taxes are going to have to go up, and we are going to have to pay for this, which is okay. The point is we need the money now, and hopefully when the economy is better, we'll pay for it back then. Um, now, the risk of inflation, you're right. You print more money. When there's more of anything, its value goes down. Right. Yeah. The rarer it is, the value goes up, the more abundant the value is going to go down. Um, but the question is, how severe will the inflation be? And is it worth it? Right. Yeah. We can say, look, in, in five years, we may have a problem with inflation. Well, the economy might not be around in five years. Now, that's a bit hyperbolic. Yeah. But, you know, the, the point is that we have a short term problem that needs to be fixed. Let's worry about those issues later on. Right. Gotcha. Um, and so, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Right. That, that That's always going to be there. What is interesting is, although there are some voices that say inflation is going to go up, this is a bad idea. It's very few. <laughs> right. Because it, it really is that bad. It, mm. it really when I say I don't think it I shouldn't say I because I'm not that smart. But the majority opinion within economists is. This is probably going to get bad economically. Again, I can't speak about the health situation. Economically, it's going to get pretty bad for probably a few months. But unlike the financial recession, it probably, probably, excuse me, uh, will will bounce back faster, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there is a risk of inflation. There, there's no doubt about that. Right. But, but I think most economists will say it's worth it at this point. Yeah, but you're right. And there's like a lot of talk about, you know, the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter, you know, it's going to suck yeah. right now, but the fourth yeah. quarter will be, will be all right. Well, what do you make of this fourth quarter optimism? Well, I don't know. See, here's the thing. When it comes to the GDP numbers, I, that that's a tough question, right? Sorry, my kids. No, no, no uh, we've been cooped in. It's, it's day 16. Hey, no, you don't have to explain. <laughs> You do not have to explain. I'm sure some of your listeners know what's going on. Everyone's listening with their kids right now too. So, yeah, yeah right. And unfortunately, I, I don't, I don't have a door here. Um, so, the big thing is going to be the unemployment numbers, because that's the one that's really going to be weird. Now, um, we've already saw this month that the big number was 3.3 million filed for unemployment, and. What's crazy is, and I posted this on Facebook, if you look if you look at the data, you know, it goes up and down, up and down, up and down, and then it's this huge skyrocket, yeah. right? And, and I said uh, on, my, on my post, I was like, that's not the x-axis, or the, that's not the y-axis. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, 
that's how high it's gone up. In one month, we had 3.3 Americans file for unemployment, um, which is which is crazy. Now, the unemployment numbers come out the first Friday of every month. The April numbers, or excuse me, like the, the ones that will come out in April reflecting March probably won't be bad because it starts from like the end of February to the beginning of March because unemployment is a monthly statistic. And it ends because I, I, I have a friend at, at the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and he says it, it ended on March 12th. That was before everything kind of started to stop and collapse. Yeah. So the numbers that will come out in the next week or so probably won't be bad. Okay. And that may be good for the market. I'm sure politically for the Trump administration, they're going to talk about it like it's it's the best thing in the world since sliced bread. But then in May, when we get the end of March, beginning of April numbers, you're going to see some pretty high unemployment that we haven't seen in quite some time. Now, um, will it be a, like a will it be like a Great Depression, like uh, Noriel Rubini, Rubini from mm -hmm. uh, NYU? I think that's where he's from. Um, he's mm -hmm. indicating that. Uh, or he's predicting that there's going to be a Great Depression headed our way. I don't know about that. I, I think I think people always like to use the Great Depression. But <laughs> he's saying it it's so worse bad. than the Great Depression. He's just saying, oh, it's. it's I, was just... I mean, there's there's a lot of ins and outs with yeah. those kinds of analogies, but I get it. Okay. You know, um, I I don't know. I don't like to to push the intent, but but yeah. sometimes people like to use that comparison because it gets them a little press. Um, I mean, the Great Depression we saw. The, the value of the economy dropped by close to 50%. Uh, and at its peak, unemployment was at 25%. Yeah. Our unemployment, as of the last uh, month that came out, was at 3.5. We aim for about a 5%. That's normal, 5% unemployment. Uh, Steve Mnuchin, Secretary of the Treasury, said it's very possible we could see 20%. Uh, someone, uh, I forget the name, um, in the federal government, in the budget office had said possibly 30%. Yeah. So those would be great depression numbers. They're, I mean, just because we're talking great depression was when we had 25% and that's the highest it's ever been in yeah. the United States since we've recorded it. So, I mean, that's possible. Now, as for the GDP, I think almost everyone is, is, uh, all the forecasting models have predicted it to be negative. Yeah. That GDP will definitely, definitely go down. Well, as you, as you mentioned, uh, um, you know, we're, we're the recession was already predicted for you've been you yourself been saying it for years, even when things were going uh, up and up yeah. and up. You're like, this doesn't make sense. I remember seeing your first Facebook post and saying that this the market is overvalued. The market is overvalued, like kept on repeating yeah. it. But yeah. I mean, it was, um, you know, there's there's a there's a joke amongst economists and of economists that economists predicted nine out of the seven recessions um, because we're always predicting a recession is this kind of the thing. <laughs> and, you know, we get blamed for a lot of stuff and, and okay, that's, that's fine, whatever. Um, but economy, look, economists predicted the housing bubble. Yeah. I remember when I was in graduate school, when this was going on before the recession happened, I remember being in my macro class and I mean, the lectures were on, this is an asset bubble. What are the different strategies to stop it? I mean, like, like the, the, the field knew, right? E economists knew. Yeah. Uh, and then the recession happened. And I remember my professors were just like, this is how bad it's going to get. 
And I remember and that was in like 2007, 2008. And I remember telling my friends, I was like, look, this is going to get really bad. And it was like, no, 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 it's fine. My job is hiring. Everything is great. And then a year or two later, yeah. you know, five rounds of layoffs, hiring freezes, you know, all this kind of stuff going on. It, it's a bit lagged, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's how it works. Um, and this is a bit different. Right. And, and, and so even before this happened, yeah, I, I, my personal opinion has been that the stock market is overvalued. Uh, we, yes, I mean, the stock market's been going up and everyone's portfolio was great, but trees don't grow to the sky. Uh, and it was also being propped up by the government spending a lot of money cutting taxes, um, you know, and, and which, of course, is politically is always funny because, you know, Stereotypically, Republicans always have an issue with government spending and, and debt unless they're in office. Uh, <laughs> they realize it's quite nice politically um, to lower taxes and increase spending. Uh, and I, trust me, I got cracks on Democrats, too. It's 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 fair game for me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> I, I don't I don't discriminate. Every, everyone's everyone's got a target. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there this was predict. I mean, we were predicting a recession about six months to a year ago, there were a lot of signs. And I think this not all, I think, you know, if the brakes were slowing down on the economy, this was like someone's foot going on top and slamming the brakes down. Yeah. I don't see how what's going on won't cause at least a temporary recession in the economy. No one's buying anything, yeah. you know, you know, again, outside of basic necessities, but that's not enough to keep the market going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Going to the grocery, you know, going to the market once a week isn't going to do it, right? Um, and that's why, you know, again, in fairness, uh, you know, Trump made Trump made the thing that uh, made the statement that he wants the economy opened up by Easter, and of course, he made some kind of religious rhetoric around it. Which, uh, I mean, I have Catholic friends that were like, I don't know what he's talking about. Like, this is insanity, um, you know, but he does have somewhat of a point here right in that at least for here in in, in the philly region we've been in the stay-at-home kind of procedures for a little uh, basically two weeks yeah um and you know the schools are closed for another two weeks and i've got a suspicion suspicion well i mean the universities are closed for the rest of the semester my my kids elementary school is closed for another two weeks and they might probably close it even more and they'll be teaching, you know, they'll probably be in school for longer in the summer, which is financially very good for us, but that's a different, different conversation as well. Yeah. Um, but me, me and my wife are very lucky because we both have jobs where we can work from home. Yeah. Right. There are a lot of people that don't. Yeah. Uh, and while the, the CDC and the, and the WHO and, and Dr. Fauci and, and, and all them doing great work are saying, look, it's gotta be eight weeks. I don't know if that can happen. I, that's what's my next follow-up question: Is that yeah. people are like are you are you planning on another stimulus after that? Like how how many trillions can well, you? Look, you got two options. Yeah. Right. Um, one option is we essentially go back to work. Right. Everyone just says, "Look, we're going to get it. We're going to get it." Kind of what what Boris Johnson was saying in the UK. Yeah, those sixty and above, or, or or who have immunodeficiency issues, like you know, my, my, my parents are sixty and above, and both have heart conditions, right? Yeah, those are the ones that I you know that, that I worry about. I'm sure you know many of your viewers have people in the same situation. Yeah, they will have to continue to be 
stay at home, you know, a quarantine basically, and the rest of us will just have to get it. Yeah, uh, and 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 become, and, and become immune and be that layer. Uh, on the previous episode, we kind of ex explained to the audience about what herd immunity and things like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, about yeah. that are so. Um, but so but, that's but, option one. Yes. Option two is okay. We do stay. Let's say lockdown. And I know there's all these different phrases: lockdown, stay at home, shelter, yeah. shelter in place, whatever. Yeah. Your house right you know, things yeah. being shut down. Like in Pennsylvania, we're locked down. Only essential businesses. And apparently GameStop is an essential business. But that's, again, <laughs> a different story. Um, yeah, best but, <laughs> yeah, but um So the other option would be we all kind of stay at home. And the government's really got to start looking at some socialist-style stuff. I yeah. mean, look, everyone hates socialism until until it's necessary. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, no one's got a problem with these checks. Yeah. Last time I checked, that's that's uh, that's pretty socialist. Yeah. Um, Andrew Yang's and, uh, universal basic income is probably gonna. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he's I loving this look. probably. Oh, he hasn't stopped talking about it. He yeah. dropped out of the race too fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> but you know, look, twelve hundred bucks, yeah. and I don't mean to belittle this. Twelve hundred bucks is a lot of money, right? Don't don't get. I mean, twelve hundred bucks can go a long way, especially for a lot of people in in the United States. Yeah. But it's not enough. I mean, it it just isn't. Yeah. And and you know, you're looking at it like, okay, if this was okay, we're shutting down for two weeks. We got to send a check. That's fine. But if you're saying, look, we're we're basically looking at people being out of work for a month or two months, and you're sending them twelve hundred dollars, I don't know what you want them to do with that. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I can't, I can't do the math in my head. Yeah. You know, um, in their so, defense, you know, in their defense, so they'll, they'll say, oh, well, they're getting the 1200 bucks on top of their unemployment checks. So that, fair, that yeah, fair enough. Um, but again, unemployment is, is, is complicated as well. Right. We know the first people that were kind of hit by all this are in the service industry. Yeah. Right. A lot of that money is undeclared money. Let's be yeah. real. Right. My dad owned three restaurants. OK, yeah. I'm Greek. So because I know a lot of diner owners and pizza shop owners. Um, a lot of it's undeclared. And if you're a waiter or a waitress and you deal with tips, you're not going to declare the cash tips. I mean, maybe you should. I'm not saying yeah. that, that you should or shouldn't. But 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 they don't. And so when you go to file for unemployment, you're not getting your full pay. Uh, I know musicians that should be touring right now that can't so they're filing for you know for for unemployment right um and then it's i mean to be to be honest that's that's a glow totem pole and then you're gonna see you know it's gonna move up the ladder i mean so I, so realistically you weren't we can't afford like people can talk all they want about you know this um that they, that we need to be in uh, quarantine or self isolation, whatever you want to call it, for mm. you know four months or what two to three months or yep. whatever. But the economy, the the people, we can't we can't we can't make that happen. What we what I think is more likely is that they're trying to use this time to shore up the medical infrastructure needed to oh, treat yeah. this, this many patients. What they've done with the, we have a McCormick place. It's a huge facility in the city of Chicago used for conventions and stuff. And they're, yeah. they're setting up thousands of hospital beds right now. As yeah, we speak. we're doing, we're, we're looking to do that in Philly as well. My, uh, um, 
a friend of my my sister's is is deals in the healthcare industry, and it said the same kind of thing. They're they're looking at the the Link Stadium where the Eagles play, yeah. setting up again, kind of a thing. Uh, and we've seen it in New York as well. Yeah. Um, which I, I joked on Facebook. You know, I, it looks like Governor Cuomo is a de facto president at the moment. Um, <laughs> you know, because yeah, I, you know, it's here's the thing, and, and this isn't to get too political here. Um, if you want to know my politics, everyone needs to go to Facebook. Uh, <laughs> but in economically, in, in times of crises, it's about confidence. Say what you want about W. Bush. And I got a lot to say. Yeah. And I'm sure many people do, positive and negative. I will give him credit. When 9-11 happened, you know, I mean, I remember I was in college. I think I was a sophomore in college, right? Okay, did I agree with the Afghanistan war, the Iraq war, and all that? Obviously not. But at that moment, though, he was at ground zero, right? He gave at least some sort of, okay, I know what I'm doing. This is what's going on. And economically, that helps. It helps the market. I remember when when Trump had his first address where it was in kind of like the Oval Office setup they had. And afterward, I told him, I said, this is not good. I said, because what I got from there, I got nothing positive. Uh, in fact, it made me freak out a bit more uh, because I was like, the federal government apparently doesn't exist right now. Um, and we saw that the next day after his speech, it, it just tanked, right? Uh, and so people are, and, and I credit this to D.L. Hughley, you know, he said, you know, people are looking for a leader to tell them what to do everything this is what's happening everything's gonna happen and when they don't do that when we don't have that with the trump administration just being honest uh what do they do instead the only thing they can control buy toilet paper yeah. right you know what i mean buy guns buy guns you know yeah. uh you know buy guns buy toilet paper they, they don't know what else to do you i mean you are essentially hopeless in this right i mean yeah. that you either you either get it or you don't and you don't even know if you got it sometimes um so you know it's 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 a tough spot uh, but but like you were saying, I'm sorry, getting out of that out of that hole um, with 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 the medical, uh, you know, the flattening of the curve. Of course, we're, we're all pretty adept to these these terms now. You're right. Like, you know, if we can just give it, you know, four weeks that the medical community, and, you know, and a lot bless them and their families, man. It, yeah. It's it's amazing what they're doing. I have I have friends that are nurses um, and, and doctors and, and what, you know. They don't have the equipment, you know, and, and they're doing the best they can. Yeah. So may Allah continue to bless them. Uh, but yeah, we do need to alleviate that. Yeah. Um, and it always seems like, and this is and this is a personal view, so I apologize. I don't like to, to get too personal about it. But it seems like we're always a week or two late of what we should be doing. Well, that's right. a, the whole thing that, that China knew about a lot of these issues oh, so early yeah, on. That, yeah. And oh, I feel I mean, like, that's thing. Yeah, I, there, yeah, there there's a bigger story to this that, that's happening on a geopolitical level. I, I think yeah. I really feel like, I mean, I'm just, I'm talking like an idiot looking from top down. That's, I can yeah, only look, they're, 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 they're positioning themselves to be less reliant on the United States, make the United States a little bit sure. more weaker um then mm. uh and and possibly tell some of the other countries hey you know um the united states is uh doesn't have that kind of buying power that they used to how about you mm. buy some of this stuff from us you used to get it from someone else 
it's a, I, it's a look. Yeah, but because it, they, they haven't, they have such a such a huge advantage over mm. the, this virus and how they're handling things. It just doesn't add up that they wouldn't share it because after SARS well, um, and, and MERS, when you look at their procedures, they were very transparent about that. They they came forward, they let everyone who needed to know know about it, and they they squelched it real quick before it became a big issue. Why didn't yeah. they follow the, those same procedures? Because if you if you just if the listeners want to Google why was MERS and SARS handled so uh, so meticulously or so efficiently, uh, was and you, you'll find like uh, documents from the World Health Organizations about how well they did it because of number one rule was transparency, and mm. in this case they were not being transparent at all. Well, I I don't know if it's as insidious, and it could be. Don't, don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. I'm I'm always you know open um, to, to these kinds of things, but one of the key things I heard was problematic, and this is this is a, a problem when you have in you know an autocracy and and. and, and most cases, which we'll get to U.S. politics and, and, and that problem, is the, Wuhan, the, the the governors of the Wuhan province basically didn't want to say anything about it. They were trying to cover it up themselves. Yeah. Uh, and by the time it spread out of Wuhan, um, it was already spreading throughout China by the time they figured that out. Now, look, to be fair, uh, the Chinese government has not really has should say historically has not really been the most transparent economically, right? Yeah. I can't talk about their health data and stuff like that. I've, I've heard that stuff about SARS and, and MERS yeah. and all that, and very well could be true yeah. that there is something more meticulous, um, you know, maybe happened in the shadows of it. it that, that's a possibility, um, but I will say economically, their data is always suspect. You know, yeah. when, when it comes to data from China, we, we kind of take it as it is. You know what I mean? The way that they calculate their GDP is much different than ours. Yeah. Uh, their growth rates are always unbelievable numbers. I mean, we aim for like a 3% growth rate, and that's like good. They aim for like 10%. And if, I mean, it's 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 just different. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's always a mistrust of, of, of the data. Uh, not of the people, of course. The yeah. people are, are, are great, uh, but but the data itself, and so there there could be something there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, China, China, and the United States. We have a, a very much a symbiotic relationship economically. Uh, we are frenemies, yeah. right? Economically speaking, uh, people always like to to kind of trump up this idea that that all oh, China controls the United States economically. You know, if they if they do something, they could destroy the U.S. economy. We do the same thing to them. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, they need us as much as we need them. Um, but China has over the years economically uh, and geopolitically uh, been making moves um, the way I mean, I, I have colleagues that have gone to China and they just say that the way that they produce and, and just their process is light years beyond what goes on in the West. Now, of course, they have the advantage of having, you know, a statist uh, political system that could just say you do this. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can nationalize resources to make that easier for you. Um, but you know, I mean, there there is something to be said about that. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I I, I can't really I, I can't really say that that that's true or not. I mean, well, regarding regarding the, this this whole talk about uh, ending globalization, that I, I don't know if it's just one of these headline. You know, uh, how are you going to end it? Yeah, I mean, how are you going to? So, that's, 
Did, did, do you know who came sense? up? Yeah. Do you actually know who came up with the the term globalization? Who? Karl Marx. Hmm. Right, and that was in the mid, early to mid eighteen uh, hundreds. Right, the, the year is unimportant, but the rather early mid eighteen hundreds. He was the, one of the first ones that came up with the concept of globalization. Now he was talking about a globalized communist society. Fair enough, right. but this no- notion that the world's economies are interlinked is not new. Yeah. Right. It has always been that way. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten faster. It's gotten bigger. Uh, but economies have always been linked. Yeah, right. The, when the, the Great, Great Depression happened in the United States, it happened around the world. Yeah. You know, it's just as Americans, we just tend not to care. Right. But but it but it happened around the world. And so this idea that that COVID-19 is going to like end, you yeah. know, global ties and it. I, I I very highly doubt that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could I, I could understand doubt. some sectors of the economy, for example, sure. m- medical equipment and things that would be uh, critical to the well-being of Americans. They might yeah want to start some competition or maybe at least set up um, Mexico as a as a partner uh, rather than China as an at least an, as an economic partner that can shore up yeah. the Mexican economy um, and have. Uh, an incentive for Mexicans to uh, stay in Mexico. You know, you, you appease the right wing uh, that way yeah. or, or certain elements <laughs> of, of the politics uh, yeah. internally by shoring up the Mexican economy, by um, setting up infrastructure or manufacturing mm-hmm. in, in Mexico in much more higher capacity than you've done in the past. Because that seems like mm-hmm. the only way um, to actually have some kind of... Uh, uh, I mean, that's within within the realm of econ, there's something that we call development economics, which is just that, right? How are some economies better than others? And how can we make those those less well economies better? Um, And economists have been saying that for years. In fact, Paul Krugman, who most people know is like the token liberal economist of The New York Times. And he didn't win the Nobel Prize doing that. Right. He won the Nobel Prize because he did a lot of work in trade theory and development theory. And I mean, we've known that. We've known that if you really want to make your economy better, this old school idea of of essentially, and again, maybe it has been hyperbolic, but but this essentially this colonizer colonizee relationship that has has been the Western economic model for so long has got to change. Yeah. We can't be treating developing as well. What resources can we extract from you, and what what products can we sell you that we don't want? Uh, that the best way to do it is to establish trading partners and to have their economies advance as well, right? Because yeah. why? I mean, why wouldn't we want Mexico to be a thriving economy? Yeah, I mean that that would be great. It's a better trading partner. Trade trade is the way to go. You know what I mean? Uh, why why shouldn't Latin America? Why wouldn't we want to see Latin America? You know, economically advance. I mean, politically, there's reasons why they don't want it. Yeah. Same thing with the entire continent of Africa. You know, uh, there's many African countries that are that are very, very wealthy, not only in resources, but but uh, with intelligent workforces that that could, you know, they could start producing uh, goods and services, and having globalized trade and tourism, you know, you know, but for whatever reason, and, and there's a few, it, it just it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's a case by case basis as to why. But but you, you're not I mean, you're not wrong. Um, the medical equipment thing is going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. Because again, you know, going back of always being like a couple weeks late on everything. Uh, I know there was talk, and and of course, 
Trump says something and then he goes back on it and it goes back and forth. But you talked about GM switching the production over to ventilators. Um, and that's an old school, like World War II thing. Like the government is telling you this is what's going to happen. Yeah, the Stafford Act. Yeah, exactly. And um, it would have been great like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's great that they'll make the but it's not good. I mean, they say those ventilators aren't going to be no. produced and shipped out till like May. So it's like, well, that's not really helping us right now. It's something that we should have done a while ago. Uh, and we're seeing that now because the federal government has basically taken this ultra, ultra, ultra kind of, you know, that the federal government is you know, this libertarian view. The federal government is the, the lender of last resort, right? That states should figure everything out. Well, now states are competing with each other to get equipment. And, yeah. and normally that's okay. You know what I mean? That's good competition, but this isn't a normal time. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, we shouldn't, states should not be bargaining against each other over, you know, medical equipment. Uh, you know, that's, that's why we have a federal government that in cases like this, the federal government says, you know what? No, knock it off. This is, you know, we're going to get everybody what they need. Uh, and that's just not happening. And that doesn't help the economy at all. Right. Yeah. Because a sick population is not good for production. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, a sick population can't buy. They they, they can't, can't buy, nor can they work. Nor, I yeah. mean, that's the other thing, you know. Um, it, it's it's such a it, it's such an amazing time because I'm telling my daughters like, guys, you guys gotta. She's there, you know, teenagers and stuff. I'm like, you guys gotta pay yeah. attention to this time because this is like we're setting history. This has never happened, at least no. in recent memory. No, no. I mean, I tell my students that. Uh, because you know we're we're now we switched over to the virtual teaching. They yeah. see basically the same thing that you're seeing, except I, I have a whiteboard that I'll put behind me. Um, and I say, look, I mean, I'll be 38 in June. Uh, I feel old, uh, but I know I'm not you know that, that old. I guess um, I've never experienced anything like it. No, I I think the only thing in comparison, maybe again, is 9/11. Yeah. Uh, just because I remember with 9-11 happened, everything kind of stopped. And that's the same thing we're seeing with COVID is that it's it was crazy. I mean, I, me and my family for spring break, we were on vacation. And the next week it was like everything stopped. School yeah. was canceled. Kids are home. Shops are shut down. And then it's just like, it, you know, it happened like that. Yeah. And then it's the panic. You know, people are panic buying and, 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 you know, people are getting crazy out there. And I think that slowly started to calm down, mashallah. But yeah, um, I, I told my daughter, it's the same analogy. I, I'm yeah. like, hey, this is, yeah. you, you guys are young and you, you guys were too young for 9-11, but this is how we felt. Um, it's, it's, it's very, it's very similar. That uh, existential wish, threat. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of differences, of course, as yeah. well. But um, I, I wish there would be, oops, sorry. I wish there'd be a bit more unity. Uh, you do see it, which is great in, in some cases. And I think I, I don't think anyone is is ragging on on the medical workers and the doctors at least yet. Yeah. Uh, tune into Fox News to see uh, if that changes soon. But yeah. um, I, I mean, that's one thing I do remember after nine eleven was everyone kind of was like all right we're just gonna chill out and we're we're gonna you know we're gonna support what's going on here especially for the the people in ground zero and, and all that kind of stuff um but yeah it's it's the closest thing i can remember you know what i mean 
from a from um, a from a humanist perspective, you know, when we were when we were talking about earlier, um, just about getting people, get getting the economy back moving. That you know, mm-hmm. as ambitious as we are about wanting, you know, um, people to stay at home, and you know how passionate we could be towards humanity, so that you know the elderly stay safe and whatever. But eventually, the economy has to move in a few weeks, or else, yeah. you know. Things will just start, or collapsing. or the government's got to pay. Yeah, that, I mean, like you're saying, more. I mean, we're talking like twelve hundred dollar checks every two weeks. I mean, every week if if it needs be, you know, um, it's it's tough. And I know there's been there's been a discussion of this idea, you know, in the news of, well, you know, it only affects a certain percentage of people. So we really should just get, you know. And that's what I was on. about to ask you. Yeah. 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 I, again, like you can, you can be ultra, very hardcore about it and say, well, yes, let's do the math. But, you know, as you're referring to, you know, we're, we're also human beings here, yeah. right? Every, everyone knows someone that can be affected by this. You know, a good friend of mine uh, that I played Dungeons and Dragons with, right? <laughs> we don't meet uh right now um you know he has epstein Barr. you know if, if he gets this it could be very bad for him. my sister you know has heart issues my parents have heart issues my my, my father would not survive I, I can tell you that right now if my if my father got this his body he's already on god knows how many medications yeah. and things like that he would not survive my mother would not survive yeah and and to say well the economy's got to open and they just have to take that risk uh you know as on one side of my brain, it's like, okay, I understand it. But then the other side of my brain says, that's a really sick thing. Yeah. Personally, as, as an and then, analogy. And then the people who are proponents of that are saying like, well, that's what Mexico and, and other countries that are, uh, you know, completely saying that we're going to have to take that spike. We're going to try to slow it down and set up some uh, extra hospital beds. But um, we can't, we're not in the position like the United States and other Western countries. I know Imran Khan is yeah. what, what he of Pakistan. He was saying this in a video statement he's like we're not we're not in the league of uh, china and other countries Mm -hmm. other western countries we're not in in that category we have to Mm -hmm. absorb this somehow and uh we we, our people are are you know living paycheck to paycheck or hand to mouth is what he said um it's true yeah yeah and and that's and that's the thing that sometimes irks me is we have we have the resources where we can do this the United States does not have to be uh, so hardlined about about the the policy, financially speaking. Um, do we have a huge debt? We do, um, but that debt's not going away. So the economy is going to be shrinking, and you can complain about that debt, but the debt's not going to go away until we start making more money. And the only way we're going to do that is if we can at least from my perspective, safely go out there. And the other thing people don't realize is even if we say, okay, look, let's say the ridiculous arbitrary point of Easter, right? Yeah. Uh, Easter, you know, it's going to open up. Who's to say people are going to go out? Yeah. That's you know, true. like, you know, it's, it's very much like the great depression when, when I heard, you know, my, my grandfather talk about it, you know, it took a while for people to, to get back to the banks. Yeah. So, you know, this idea that, well, everything will open up and people will love to go out. So I don't think it's going to be like an on off switch. It, it does have to be a slow kind of migration back out, yeah. you know, and um, 
and which means it's going to be a slow process to hire people back, which means it's going to be a slow process for people to start spending money again. Uh, That's Chris, and, just on a, on a sociological level, just um, being mm -hmm. a sociologist or, you know, um, mm -hmm. looking at how society behaves in, in a pandemic and um, what their patterns. Oh, it's going to change. Yeah, it's just incredible. It's going to change. You know, uh, this is a this is a weird analogy, story, metaphor, whatever. No, it's not a metaphor. Um, I remember, remember Steven Spielberg did War of the Worlds. Right. Um, it, it was okay. But I remember seeing a, a behind the scenes where he was talking about it. And he said one of the things that he wanted to put in that movie was that Americans have never had a refugee experience. Right. Um, even in, in the case of World War II, outside of Pearl Harbor, just by the blessing of geography, we've never actually had a war in modern times. I know we've had the yeah. Civil War and things like that. But in modern times, we never really had a war in the U.S. In the, where, the where we had to deal with things that people all around the world have to deal with. That's why 9-11 was so shocking. Right. It wasn't like the first time anything like that ever happened. Right. We, we know, you know, that that's not true. And we probably caused some of the things in other countries, of course, but it's not even properly we did. Um, <laughs> but then we had to deal with that. Right. We had to come to terms of how do we deal when we have to feel that we've lost control and someone is trying to attack us. And likewise, I think what we're seeing now and the reason why we have this panicking, like you're saying, this this almost psychological, sociological effect we have is at least for our generation, and I know my parents, um, my father grew up in Greece, so they kind of had something like this there, but at least in the United States, we've never had to do this before, yeah. right? This is a new experience for us as a society as a whole. Around the world, people have done this before. I mean, that's why why is Taiwan and South Korea and, and um, uh, I forget the other, the other country that did really well against this, because they dealt with it with yeah. SARS. Yes. Right. They had the infrastructure. They knew what to do. And I don't know what's going to happen with the economy, but I can tell you that fundamentally the way that we work as a society is going to change. I mean, I'm a germaphobe to begin with. So hand sanitizer has, is always fully stocked in my house. And that, yeah. that, people that know me on my keys, I have a little hand sanitizer oh, wow. all the time. I, I'm weird. Um, I'm not agoraphobic, but... but <laughs> Well, I'm around a lot of. I would encourage the listeners to look at your art and then see if, if that <laughs> if that if that looks like a germaphobe's art. <laughs> yeah, right. There's things I don't want to interact with. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think what you're going to see is people are going to be more mindful. You know what I mean of washing their hands, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people don't. I think you're going to see, you know, cleaning stations in. Uh, airports more, in train stations, subway stations. I think there's going to be just a different way that we socialize. Now that, you know, for academia, that we're doing a lot of this virtual teaching, and now my kids are going to be doing some virtual teaching starting next week with their teachers. I think that's going to change the game on how classes are done. Oh, without a doubt. You know, with, that, with, with regards to infrastructure or the need for it, so many businesses may end up realizing that, hey, do we even need a building that we need to pay for rent? Mm -hmm. However, I know um, mm -hmm. every company, depending on size, has a substantial amount of you know rent and um, you know other costs that are associated with the upkeep of a building. And yeah. with the, with the technologies moving into the cloud, 
Why do you need a building? You just need people. Well, and there's there's also the whole work from home argument, right? Yeah. I mean that that was been gaining speed where some companies were like, look, we're going to do more work from home. Like you're saying, it's it's less infrastructure than we need, and if people are more comfortable working from home and they're just as productive, and other people didn't, well, we're now testing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, everyone who can is working from home. Let's see. Maybe, maybe we're. I, I personally think work from home is going to become a more permanent option, um, especially I think for people with kids. You know, yeah. and listeners have kids. You know how it is. It's just sometimes easier to be home when they're sick and all that. Uh, I just, I, I just, I can't see us getting out of this and being like, "Wow, that was a crazy spring." <laughs> you know what I mean? I really think. Yeah. Like I said, what Steven Spielberg was, yeah. was was saying, this is the first time we have we as for I, people bring up the Spanish flu. I get it, um, or even the swine flu, but that was a bit different. This, you know, is is com is completely different. Man. I've never dealt with this before. You know, I, I don't know anyone who has that that has grown up here, right? That has dealt with an outbreak where your life is fundamentally changing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. Uh, so even once you know, once the economy does get back up, I, I think yeah, things are going to change. Yeah. And I think like me and you, when we when we tell people, you know, to say that where were you on nine eleven, you know, where were you? I think it's going to be the same thing for our kids. And like uh -huh. you know, they they'll remember. You know, I try to explain it to my when my son is five, so he, yeah. he doesn't get it. But my daughter, who's nine years old, you yeah. know, telling her about it, and of course, you can't be. Yeah, doom yeah. and gloom about it. Yeah, right? yeah, you I got gotta, a ten-year-old daughter too. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to soften it a bit, right? Um, but you know, trying to explain them, like, look, this is, this is how what life is right now, yeah. and it's a good teaching moment, I think, to say, look, this is, you know, a lot throws these things at you sometimes, yeah. right? And you have to, you know, I, to get a little bit realistic. I always, I always think of, um, of the of the prophet Job, right? He had, and it's debatable how many years, but you know, he had so many years of success and health and family. Yeah. And and then it, you know, it was gone. And and he didn't complain. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the point was, well, you know, Allah had given me so many years of blessings. Okay, so now he puts me through some hardship. Why am I complaining? You know? Yeah. Um, and it's it just gotta get used to it, you know. And, and and it's tough as a parent. It is. It you is. You know, we're we're very blessed, but I know other parents are financially struggling too. Yeah, and that's the, that's the most painful thing. I mean, like here, even like my sometimes being uh, complaining about boredom, right? You're like, man, there's yeah. other families who are struggling, even um, wondering whether they have a job or yeah. you know uh, being laid off and you your, your complaint yeah. just you seem so in, insignificant at the end of the day when you look at what everyone else in society must be experiencing at this time but um yeah we were we were taking a drive and and i said to my wife i said you know i see a lot of my friends who who are single or don't have kids and, and you know they're complaining of boredom and i said man i would love to be bored right now i i've never been busier in my life yeah, <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. i've never been busier in my life and, and, you know, she said, yeah, she's like, maybe for a day. She's like, but, you know, think about not having anyone with you for, you know, now 16 days or whatever it's been. Uh, and I said, you know what? Yeah, you're, you're right. You know, it can be tough when you got kids at the house. It can be yeah. tough, you know, 
I mean, me and my wife have a very good relationship. So then that that's we're around each other all the time. So that's not new. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I really feel for some people. And again, they might be financially struggling. Psychologically, they may be going through a lot because they don't have any. Yeah. And that's another thing yeah. that as an economist, you got to wonder what the psychology will be of the consumer after this type yeah. of like what sectors I'm, will be, you know, will, will well, people I mean, start buying? The from? idea is that they're when people finally will because people want to buy stuff. Yeah. Right. Naturally. Right. Right or wrong. People want to spend. Them yes. Money. But right with the, with the recession that, that that is also looming or is in effect right now, we can't. It's in effect. It's, it's, in, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's going on. Right. So yeah. what? Where do people, you know, what areas of the economy will people not buy from? Will they, will the housing market be affected? You know, that's a good question. We were thinking about, again, when we were taking a driver, like, how do you, how do you do showings? Right. You know, how do you look at a house if you're, if you're worried about it? You're going to put on masks and stuff like that. I mean, that's, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Real estate market takes a big hit. Yeah. Uh, Because this is the big, you know, this, for those that know, like spring is, is the big time for buying and selling houses it's got to take a hit i can only assume right yeah um i think obviously the service industry you know restaurants of course are taking a huge hit i know they're doing takeout but i mean i'll be i want to support it but i don't want to get takeout food right now i I just don't know you know and and some people do but i've heard a lot of them it's not enough to keep the doors open yeah my my cousin is a halal meat business provider um they yeah. provide me to all these halal businesses all over uh, the city of Chicago, and mm-hmm. they're getting killed by you know um, just and a lack of demand. So they can't yeah. sit on it for too long. They either. can't. They have all. He, my cousin was saying like, "Hey, we we got a whole freezer full of meat right now that is supposed to be yeah. getting out." You know, initially yeah. there was a huge spike where everyone was panicking and buying meat yeah. like crazy, and every halal meat <laughs> yeah. store was out of meat. But uh, you know, yeah. once that fear uh, subsided, everyone yeah. now people have freezers full of meat. Yeah, <laughs> for months, right? So, yeah. the, the, so if you're listening to this podcast, if you know of a halal restaurant that's open in your area, try to go support them. <laughs> These people are not—they're yeah. they're entirely yeah. dependent on the Muslim population. And I'm not saying don't support, you know, your non-Muslim neighbors and stuff. Of course, sure, go of course. go. The, the, but this business, this area is of the uh, of the Muslim community is entirely dependent on Muslim buyers. You know, and, Muslim if, and I always say, if you have the means. You know, and, and I see posts about it, about buying gift certificates and things like that. It really isn't a bad idea. It's I mean, not. those that know me know I'm obsessed with comic books. Uh, and actually, it's, it's a very detrimental thing is is they're not making they're not shipping out comics for for a while now. Uh, so there's no comics anymore, um, which is killing me. Yeah. But you know, I, I have DC's a good relationship with what's that? I heard DC just went under. Is that true? They didn't go under. No, they're no, saying that they're over stopping publication. I don't know. Oh yeah, so is Marvel. They're all yeah. yeah no, there's no there's no comic. Oh, yeah, okay. they've all stopped. Okay. Um, but I, I talked to I know the guy that owns the comic book shop. I like the guy; he's a great guy. And you know, I I sent him I sent him say how much, but I sent him some cash. I said, look, just credit me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because I, I you know I I don't want him to you know to to kind of sink under the pressure and all that. And, and I know he's good for it and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And I'll and I'll get it later. Right. I, I, I have the means that I could give him some 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 bread, some give him some money. Um, and I know some people don't. And that's not it's not the thing. But, you know, if there's a restaurant you like or something like that, OK, buy a gift certificate. It might help him keep someone employed for a week or two. Yeah. Um, it's like and, buying a treasury so bond, but you're not getting interest. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean you, you you have faith in their in their service. You 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 yeah. uh, you depend on their service. That's mm -hmm. that's why you're buying that that gift certificate essentially. Yeah, ex exactly. And you're helping them keep afloat yeah. for a temporary time. It's great. Idea. Uh, yeah, and and so I, I think that's important. I, I know the service industry is taking a hit. A lot of the you know a lot of the employment was propped up by this you know this gig economy that we hear about all the time. Yeah. Uh, and all those gigs are gone. Right. So they're taking hits and it's slowly going to move up the ladder. I mean, to be real, the longer this goes out, you're going to, there's already hiring freezes at most of the corporations I know. Oh yeah. Um, Travel and freezes. you might start see, oh yeah, yeah you might true. see layoffs and things like that. Um, hopefully yeah. not for too long. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But psychologically yeah. on the consumer, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It, yeah. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be different. It's definitely going to be a different recovery as it is a different recession. Sure. Yeah. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I'm going to let you get back to your family you, and, and get some dinner. <laughs> yeah, see, see what they're yelling about, right? <laughs> uh, uh, well, we got to check back in with each other in a few months, and hopefully, um, you know, you can talk yeah. about some of your Inshallah. predictions and, and some of your outlooks uh, on what we're headed towards. There's a lot of panic. Uh, and, you know, if you, mm -hmm. what would you tell just as your closing thought to, uh, you know, just people in general, forget about Muslim, non Muslim. Sure. Just be, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Should they be freaking out? If let's just say they have a job that's stable right now, uh, should they be freaking out? Well, I think you know, for for the Muslims as I know, of course, the classic, you know, uh, pray to God and tie your camel. I think is is always the best advice, right? Uh, for the non-Muslim listeners, you know, it's I I, I don't. I mean, look, I'm I'm an anxiety-ridden American as always. Panic. I don't think panic is necessary. Even economically, we're talking about it. Panic doesn't do any good. Um, I think everyone needs to be a bit proactive, which I hate that term, but it works here. Um, I think if you don't really understand your finances, your budgets, I think now is the time to do it. I think the number one thing people really have to worry about is the health and safety of their family and their friends yeah. and also their fellow human beings. Right. Uh, you don't have to battle people for toilet paper and bags of flour. It, you know, we, we still live in America. Yeah. Right. We live in, in one of the wealthiest countries, most developed economies in the world. Food is food is not going to be that scarce. Right. And, and even if, if you're renting, you can't get, get kicked out <laughs> very easily in, in America, at least. At Dep least. Depends on the state. Yeah. But. But it is still very hard. If someone tries yeah. to kick you out something like that, definitely get a lawyer. There are I don't know any city or state that doesn't have some sort of extenuating circumstances on yeah. this, of course. Yeah. And, and and I will say yeah. this. Uh, if you have a, a credit card or a mortgage or you're behind bills and, and you know that you're gonna miss a payment, the first thing you should do is call them. And right? mention believe it or not. Mention that yeah. the due to the coronavirus, because there's stipulations that, that the language yes. that you use Yes. Will, will in effect give you that kind of uh, grace period. Yes, my students know that 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 one too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> due to the coronavirus, my so you, you say, oh uh, well, uh, you know, my, my you know, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, if yeah, whatever uh, other language yeah, yeah. other than coronavirus, then you're gonna get in trouble. So. <laughs> That's all you gotta say is coronavirus. Yeah, <laughs> and then, but no, if if you're ever behind on bills or anything like that. It always call them before it goes late. Yeah. You would be surprised how well some of these companies will work with you, especially in a time like this. They may not be legally required to, but reputation is also very important. Um, and, you know, inshallah, we'll all get through this. Yeah. 
Um, and, and again, I always like to, to say just because I know a lot of people know people in the medical industry, you know, again, may, may, may God bless them yeah. uh, and protect them, protect their families, man. They're, I mean, they're really I mean, they're really doing the proverbial God's work out there. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Jerry, thank you so much. What's the what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, best way is either find me uh, probably on Facebook. Facebook. If you, if you awesome. got any questions, always hit me up on Facebook. That's the that's the main that or Instagram. Awesome. Either one. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, for questions, comments, and concerns, go ahead and post it up in the YouTube <laughs> comments below. We used to say email, email us, but now we're on YouTube, so we've kind of grown up, and now we have to mention. Get with the times, my friend. Yeah, yeah. It's all about algorithms and, and trying to make sure people yes, <laughs> like this video. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you all next time. Assalamualaikum. Awesome.